Hey everyone, welcome back to Well Then, a podcast where we talk about all things wellness and putting your health first. I'm your host, Megan Scherer. And today I have the great pleasure of welcoming my dear friend Angela to the show. Um, Angela is an incredible yoga teacher in the Los Angeles on Los Angeles area, um, and after a life-changing injury, Angela's sole purpose unfolded down the path of yoga, and today she teaches others to move beyond their fears and limitations. With her personal practice providing inspiration, she has a magical knack for leading yogis straight into the achievement of postures they never thought possible, distracting them with humor, inspiring them with music, and leading with colorful, colorful metaphor. And I'm so excited to have Angela share with you guys a little bit more about her journey of how she came into her yoga practice and really just kind of demystifying it for you a little bit. So thank you so much for being here, Ange. I'm excited to have you. Thank you so much, Megan. I'm really excited to be here and talk to you as well. So yeah. Yeah. Why don't you get excited about? Yeah. I mean, it's so fun. Angela and I were just talking about how much fun it is for us to share yoga with people who are maybe newer to the practice, have, you know, never tried it or only tried it a couple times, um, and, and kind of share like how it can change and transform your life. Um, but I'd love to hear, so how old were you when you first found yoga and, and how did you find it? I was 23 and, um, I was actually living in Las Vegas at the time, and I had a roommate that, um, like, we were driving, we were going to go pick up a friend of ours at the airport, and as we approached the stoplight, um, there was someone in front of us, the stoplight was about to turn red, and my roommate was pretty, uh, pretty crazy. She decided to drive up onto the sidewalk um, and get around the car that was in front of us and try to run the light. Um, she didn't make it through the light. And Uh-oh. Ended up, yeah. She ended up hitting um, two other cars, actually a large truck and a car that were taking a left. And I was... I mean, it was so scary. And what was kind of miraculous about it is I I think I was the only person that actually got hurt in that accident. Um, The guy, we mostly just hit the guy in the truck and it was a huge truck. So he was fine. Um, My, I was in, there was a lady behind um, the truck that was in a car, but luckily she was also okay. But my knees hit the dashboard when on impact and I think I'd already had like knee issue, like some weakness. So I think it uh, like kind of just furthered that along. Um, but I remember after that, like I didn't go to the hospital or anything. My friend didn't have any insurance. Um, so I didn't end up going to the hospital. But after that, I had this stiffness in both of my legs and in my knees and they swole up. And when I did decide to go have it checked out, I had torn meniscus in both of my knees. Oh no. Yeah. So, um, that was, and you know, at 23, like I remember just being like, Oh, my life is over. Like this is, (laughs) what am I going to do? Like, 
I was waitressing at the time and it just seemed like the worst thing that could possibly happen because I was like, how am I going to serve drinks? And, um, you know, how is my life going to continue? Um, and they told me, like, at the time I went to three different places, got an MRI and they um, all said that I needed surgery. They were like, well, if you don't want to limp and if you want to be able to walk properly ever again, then you definitely need surgery. Now, this was like 16 years ago. So I, I guess I had in my mind that like, if you get your knees worked on, you're going to be in this huge cast for months and months. But it was, I mean, I think that's when they were just starting to do like, really like, like better surgeries, knee surgeries. But I, in my mind, it was just not an option. Mm -hmm. So I opted not to do that. And I just did physical therapy and I loved going to the gym. So I kept on begging my doctor, like, when can I go back to the gym? I mean, mind you, I was like hobbling and everything. So I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> That's commitment. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and it was coming from a kind of a sad place too, because I was like, you know, I was obsessed with how I looked. And so I was like coming from this place of fear and like obsession, like, oh no, like, uh, you know, I'm not going to look good. And so I need to get back to the gym. Never mind that, like, I, I was having like major knee issues and had to wear like a brace on each knee. And like, it was crazy. But um, finally, I remember I was driving right next to where I lived. I would drive by this little shopping center. It was like all strip malls. And there was a little sign that said yoga outside just had this flash in my mind like oh I think I read somewhere that Madonna does yoga and <laughs> she looks really fit so I should probably ask my doctor if I can do it um and when I asked him I, he was like sure like you know I think he thought it was just stretching so he let me go and um, when I walked in there that day, it was like a lead Ashanga class. And they were like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, this is probably not a good idea. Like, this is your first yoga class ever. Like, maybe you should come back. And um, I was like, no, you know, I was very adamant that I'm like, no, I'm super fit. You know, I was like, the right. <laughs> oh, my God. So, you know, I'll, next thing I know, everyone's like saying Sanskrit words and people are like, moving from pose to pose and I don't even know what they're saying like I'm like what this is like another language that they're speaking and everyone seems to know it except for me and the class is like moving really fast um but I woke up the next day and I was like really sore so I figured that it must be working so I I went back and um that started like a thing where I started going every single day, every day that I possibly could, I was there. And sometimes it would even go twice a day. Wow. I don't, I don't know if you ever went through that stage where you were on a, a twice a day thing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah. And can you explain really quickly what um, Ashtanga style yoga is for people who are listening? Oh, yeah. So Ashtanga is a system of yoga postures that is a set a set sequence and typically it's done where in a style called Mysore style which is like a classic the classic style where you would go in and the teacher would give you say sun salutations it would be the first thing and then once you learn how to do sun salutation a 
then they'll be like, okay, you come in and you'll start doing your sun salutation A, and now we're, we're going to also give you sun salutation B. And then once you learn how to do that, they'll add the standing, start to add standing poses. Um, and, and they are very strict about where you're looking when you're doing the poses, how you're breathing, how many breaths you take. And then um, it's, it's a very like set thing. So you're always like taking five breaths, taking a vinyasa, um, if it's one of the standing poses or, you know, it's just very strict. But when you go into a lead class, it's, they give you the whole sequence, which typically lasts for like 90 minutes, even up to two hours. And they call out the names of the poses in Sanskrit and not in, not in English. And then they count the breaths. So they, they, would, they say the pose in Sanskrit and then they'll count the breaths and then they'll, you know, they expect you to know what you're doing next because they'll call it the next pose. But of course I was like flailing. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Your first time. Around. Yeah. And, you know, of course also refusing help because like the teacher <laughs> would come over and be like trying to help me. I'm like, I don't know. I'm fine. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't need a yoga block. Like, oh man. And, then I was totally weirded out at the end because they were like, okay, we're all going to go into Shavasana. And, you know, everyone's laying down and closing their eyes in a public place. I'm like, this has got to be the weirdest thing <laughs> I've ever experienced in my life. Um, what did you think? Were you weirded out when you first did Shavasana? Like, how, what was your take on that? I wasn't weirded out, but I remember I was a teenager when I started yoga and I kind of similar to what you shared about, you know, working out for appearance sake, I yeah. kind of came into yoga for those, those purposes initially. And I remember feeling like laying in Shavasana was just like a waste of time. Like I wasn't working yeah. out or like, you know, strengthening my body or using my muscles. And I yeah. distinctly remember like in the very beginning, laying in Shavasana and like squeezing my ab muscles so that I felt like I was at least doing something. And it's so oh. crazy now to look back on that and be like, wow, I had it all wrong. Wow. That is so funny. So like, it, it makes me feel, it's great to talk about these things because I think sometimes like you do kind of like, I remember like having my eyes open and like looking around the room and being like, you know, it makes me feel more normal. Like, Oh, okay. Like this is like, we all kind of right have our little things like when we, um, that we come in with and not so funny, the squeezing the ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you yeah. know, and you know, for me at, at, Obviously, at some point along my journey, I discovered that yoga was so much more than just a physical practice. And yeah. do you feel like you had that same sort of realization? You, like, it sounds like you got into it to address your knee injuries, but did you get to a point where you're like, wow, this is working on so much more than just my body? Yeah, I did. It was, um, you know, it was interesting because they would, they'd start the class and, um, a lot of times like they'd say a little something like maybe read a poem or um, just give a little talk 
and then they would we they'd ohm and I remember just mouthing the ohm because I was mm-hmm. like I don't want to participate in this like I don't know what kind of like voodoo chant thing <laughs> is happening but like I was raised in a very strict Christian household and even though I wasn't following um in any way like the way that I was raised there was there was this fear still in me of like anything that seemed like foreign um yeah or you know what I mean like it just was seemed so far out like what are we are we like devil worshiping like what's this own thing about um so I was just like very resistant and then I would notice though when I would leave after Shavasana that I was so much more calm than any other time in my day mm-hmm. and to the point where I was like am I should I be driving like I almost like <laughs> you've got that yoga face. high <laughs> total yoga high yeah totally and then I started noticing that like um I was starting to have a conscience more about things and to be honest like I grew up in when I was growing up, as I was growing up, people would always say to me like, oh, you're too nice. Like you're too naive. You're you're this, you're that. And um, when I was living in Las Vegas and I was like, you know, working in the bars and like serving drinks and I was kind of, I was really embracing like letting go of that part of myself. And I was like, I'm not going to be too nice anymore. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like I'm not going to be naive. And I had moved there to be with a guy um, who I thought I was in love with and we had Mm -hmm. been together for two years. So, and I was fresh out of a breakup when this accident happened. So I was a little bitter (laughs) and angry. And so I was really embracing that side of myself that was like, I'm not, I'm not a nice girl anymore. You know, I'm not that person anymore. I'm not going to be naive. And, um, and the universe had other plans for me and started giving me more of a conscience and making me a nicer person. And I literally thought to myself, like, I got to stop coming to yoga because like, this is going to ruin everything. Like everything wow. I'm trying to do, like, it, it sounds so crazy, but it, it's a real consideration that I had because I was like, I was having a conscience about the way that I was being and like sort of like my whole uh, ethos that I was like embracing on, of like on life, you know, like um, I was trying to be like a badass and I was trying to be a bad girl. Like I, I was like, I don't care anymore, you know, and yoga, the yoga practice was going directly against that and it scared me. Wow. So it kind of helped you realize like, I do care. And now I have to kind of like define a new identity for myself, contrary to the one that I've been living. Exactly. Exactly. And that was, that was tough because, you know, my roommate at the time, she was definitely like, also like on the same path. And I remember trying to get her to go to yoga. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like came home one day and showed her how I could do crow pose. I was like, look at this. And like, she was like, all right, I'll come, I'll come, you know? <laughs> and <laughs> I just remember her like coming in, plugging her cell phone into the wall. It was like telling the teacher, I'm expecting a call. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, oh my God, this is my, this is my roommate. <laughs> oh, um, 
and then end up like her phone, she ended up grabbing her phone and running out halfway through class and didn't come back. But, um, but it was like, you know, I ended up, I grew apart from her and, you know, at that point she was kind of like my lifeline. Like she was my best friend and we grew apart and it was hard because I, you know, I had just, like I said, come out of a breakup and I really wanted to feel close to her and to some of my other friends, but I was like, actually felt like I was moving in another direction. Not that I was any angel by any means. It didn't like... Not, things were not happening overnight with me, but I was, like I said, just moving in a different direction. And that gap started to widen for me with a lot of people. And I started to see situations differently um, and started to see my life differently. Like, what do I, what's really fulfilling and what's really meaningful and what do I want? Um, and Vegas started to not look like a place that I wanted to be anymore. <laughs> you know, it's like the city is kind of in opposition to my values now. Yeah, so, what a huge yeah. contrast. Yeah. I'm so grateful for the teachers that that actually one of them, Rachel Sellers, she still lives in Vegas and teaches yoga in Vegas. And I'm just I'm like, wow, like that is that is a real gift that you're giving to people in that city. It's because it's, I don't, I can't imagine. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, in some ways they probably need it so much more than people in LA do. Oh yeah. For sure. Because it's not like, to me, like it wasn't a super, it's not a super peaceful place just by, by nature and I mean again I was working in clubs and going out every night and like a lot of that was my own that I mean it was all my own choice I'm sure there's people that live there and, and probably don't do those things and aren't in the party lifestyle but I was fully embracing the party lifestyle and there was nothing zen or peaceful about it you know um, yeah so yeah I feel like they but I especially needed that and to be in that city and, and giving that message is just, I've thanked Rachel so many times. And the other lady who owned the studio, Di Tyson, she's now living in Florida, but yeah, they're both amazing. They like literally saved my life, I think. Wow. And I mean, it's so incredible for me to hear too, how you got into yoga. I didn't realize that was a part of your story. Um, I ha was actually in a really traumatic car accident when I was 22 um, wow. as well. And yeah, my yoga practice was definitely something that like once I was able to start being physically active again, getting back into yoga made a really big impact, big impact for me, not only physically, like with my injuries, but mentally and emotionally with the kind of turmoil I was dealing with at that time. So it's cool yeah. to hear that you had kind of a similar experience. Yeah, I really did. And, um, you know, it, it, it works like the yoga works. It, even when you're trying to like, sometimes like I had a conversation recently with somebody about yoga and, um, how I know there's a lot of criticism that people have of yoga in the West and like, and like how it's sort of been, so westernized and it's like a workout and this and mm -hmm. that and like there's a lot of criticism but 
and people are like, I think in, uh, the concern is that, well, we've changed it so much. Is it, is the medicine still potent? Is, does it still work? Mm. And I think it does. Like, I think that you, for, for whatever you want to say about the way it's been westernized, is it, but it's like, you show up to the class and you like, I feel like you can't help but have it work because I was trying not to have it work on me. Like, I was like, <laughs> and it I still works. Here for the workout, yeah. I was like, I refuse to change and be a nicer person, and yet it it just has that effect because I think um, it's so powerful. And I also like I was having this conversation, and they were like, "Yeah, I was having a conversation with someone about like trauma and how." you know, they were saying like, I don't know if it helps with trauma because it's been so like westernized and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know, like it helped me, like it helped me so, so much. And I feel like it's helped so many people with trauma. And, and I don't know, I wasn't looking for that. And it sounds like it helped. I mean, it sounds like it really helped you. Um, although maybe you're more aware of of it, it being like good medicine for that. Yeah. At that point I was, and I was, you know, so grateful when I was able to get back to it because that was one thing that contributed to, you know, the frustration I was experiencing was that for, you know, several months I couldn't practice yoga and I knew that I needed it. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Like the medicine is so powerful, whether you come to it from, you know, just an intention of trying to get a good workout or not, what you need will yeah. definitely find you. Yeah. And I see it, I see it in my students, you know, like I see the change that they start to have. And I'm like, I just have faith in its ability to work on people in the way that they are going to need it and it's going to be different it's going to have a different like a, there's no set like timing of certain things happening or or a certain like thing that has to happen but it just it enhances their life and enhances their their relationships and their ability to be self-aware and um find joy you know like i feel like that's such a big one like i was you know, like some, I think I was very, when I was living in Las Vegas, like I think the whole environment there and maybe just, you know, I had my mindset at the time was like, you know, looking for the next big experience or the mm -hmm. next big event and um, looking for more sensation, whether it was like drugs or alcohol or parties or DJs or whatever like I I was actively looking for like more sensation more mm. whatever and I realized that the reason that I was looking for that is I was essentially numb you know like I was and it's funny because that I wasn't aware of that and when I started to strip away the layers which is kind of like that feeling I think we've all had is that you know it's like the onion being peeled back of the layers of ourself and you start to peel back the layers and you become so much more sensitive to everything to life yeah. to your environment and you realize that like all that you're not numb anymore so it's like 
you feel everything and, and there's so much more joy and happiness available all the time in the simplest <laughs> things and the most simple experiences. And you don't, you're not, I would, I'm not like thrill seeking <laughs> anymore. Like I just, it's funny that that was such a big part of who I was at the time that just isn't, I'm not like, oh, I need to do a bunch. I need to drink a bunch or party a bunch or do drugs or whatever to get some sort of high so I can feel something. Like I don't, I don't need that anymore, which is such a relief. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What so. a beautiful observation. Thank you for sharing that. Aww. Um, okay. So last question, what is yeah. one other wellness practice or habit besides yoga that you practice daily or that you can't live without? Oh man, that, that is, it so can be like, anything. There's, there's so, there's, I have t- at least two that on my mind that I'm like, oh, but I have to say it's really a toss up um, between like hiking and acro yoga because mm-hmm. on the one hand, I love hiking. I love being outside, but I think I'll go with acro yoga just for the fact that um, it is opened up a world to me that I didn't know existed um, or I didn't know that I even needed or wanted in my life, um, which is, you know, you're, you're interacting with other people and you're touching other people. They're touching you in like a totally non-sexual, non-creepy way. Um, And you're playing like you're in a, you're like playing, like you played when you're a little kid. And I, it's something that like, I didn't even realize I was missing in my life until I found Acro. (laughs) I was like, wow, how did I not know about this? This is so fun and, and so rewarding. And a hundred percent. I totally agree. <laughs> and um, I haven't yet, but I'm definitely going to do an ap- episode all about acro because it is such an incredible practice and more people need to experience that for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So where can people find you if they want to learn more about you and your teaching and where you um, offer classes, whether public or private, um, or if they just want to follow what you're up to? Um, they can find me. I think the best spot is my Instagram account, which is Angela Kukon, which is spelled K-U-K-H-A-H-N. Angela is my first name and then Kukon Yoga. So Angela Kukon Yoga. Perfect. And I will um, link that in in the um, description of the podcast episode as well. So for those of you who are listening, you should definitely follow her. I can attest that her content is not only beautiful, but also so informational. And she posts some really awesome tutorials, tutorials and demos and things like that. So definitely be sure to follow her. Thank you so much for being on today, Ange. It was so great chatting with you, and and I loved hearing your story, yeah, and everything about your yoga journey is so beautiful, so thank you for being here. Uh, Thank you so much for asking me. This is such an honor, and it's so fun to, it's actually really fun to talk about it and sort of relive it in a way, because it is so dear to my heart, and I feel like that accident was literally the best thing that ever happened to me. So it's fun to talk about it and share about it. And 
also to hear about you and, and actually how similar it sounds like some of our experiences been. Yeah, we will definitely have to chat more about that for sure. Yeah. So thank you again. And to everybody who's listening, thank you so much for tuning in today. Make sure you head to my website, empowered-bodies.com to subscribe for updates where you'll get information on the latest guests and episodes of the podcasts, um, as well as events and workshops that I have coming up. And until next time, have a happy and healthy day. 